Sunday, July the 17th, 2022, a special episode of leaning toward wisdom, the podcast. give us some inside info as i'm recording today's episode sunday it's day five of covid yeah first time ever two years managed to dance around it not get it not contract it but it happened and this is day five and it ain't fun Ah, but it could be so much worse. Purge, simplify, and persist. The high value of sacrifice. I finished kind of thinking about this the wee hours of the morning. Last night, this morning, whatever. So I'm like, yeah, we're going to have to disinfect the microphone anyway, so I might as well fire this up and get this done, and it's going to be short. You might even enjoy it because it's short the next J.M. Barry Scottish novelist oh you know him wrote Peter Pan and Peter Pan made a statement dreams do come true if only we wish hard enough You can have anything in life if you will sacrifice everything else for it. In his book, The Five People You Meet in Heaven, Mitch Album wrote, Sacrifice is a part of life. It's supposed to be. It's not something to regret. It's something to aspire to. Welcome inside the Yellow Studio. My name is Randy Cantrell. Yes, I'm under the weather. No, I don't feel particularly well. But let's knock this out anyway, shall we? Sacrifice in the context of what is happening in my life at the moment is simply surrendering a possession. You likely already know that I've been in the midst of this kind of purging thing. I don't mean sacrificing isn't throwing something away. Discarding is unburdening yourself from something. Willfully, maybe even joyfully separating yourself from something, but that's not sacrificing that's easy sacrifice is hard now the physical purge well prior to covid it wasn't the bodily kind Uh, it is physical it's a possession kind of a thing specifically for Rhonda and i it's about our house our stuff it's about four decades of accumulation of gathering storing collecting and there's this craving this yearning to just simplify there's this craving this yearning for just a more modest way of living leonardo da vinci wrote simplicity is the ultimate sophistication eleanor roosevelt said a little simplification would be the first step toward rational living i think i think so too eleanor i mean it it feels especially rational to me Uh, mostly i can tell you it feels glorious it feels liberating it feels easier now the problem 
is the process because the process is anything but liberating. The process is anything but easy. The process is anything but glorious. It is hard. It is difficult. It is arduous. It is drudgery. And I think we hate it because of that. It's, it's just hard. And I think particularly we hate it because the dread, you just, you keep thinking about it, but you know, my favorite quote, everything is hard until it's easy. You know, when it gets easy, it gets easy when you start, it gets easy when you just back your ears and you just do it. Jack Welsh wrote, don't make the process harder than it is. I liked Jack. Jack was a brilliant guy. I was a fan. So early last week, uh, it's, it's Tuesday. Uh, I've, I've been working slavishly, uh, in the purging and encountering dust as usual and sneezing, which is happening every day with it. And so it just feels like a normal, uh, although I'm more tired than normal. And so I, I get to the late afternoon hours and got a little bit of a headache coming on, but I'm just describing it to the dust that I'm encountering as I'm going through and purging. Um, and about two o'clock Wednesday morning, the fever breaks out and I never run fever and I'm having chills and it's a miserable night. I'm shivering and about eight thirty AM take the COVID test. Rhonda's like, take the COVID test. And if it's positive, get the prescription. There's this drug that if, if you can, if you can get it in the first few days can help. She's in the medical field. And so she knows these things. And so I take the test and of course I pass it with flying colors. Yes. I'm positive. And so I schedule an E visit. Never had one of these before. Have you had one of these? I mean, it's perfectly fine. So it's kind of like having FaceTime with uh, a nurse practitioner or somebody. And so this lady is having me show her my test, and I do to confirm, yes, indeed, you you have passed the test. You are positive, and she prescribes to me Pax, Pax, is it Paxloid? I don't know. It starts with a P, P-A-X-L-O-I-D. It's a five-day regiment. You take it in the morning and the evening. There's like three pills per dosage, and you take that for five days, and she tells me, so isolate for five days. And after that, wear a mask. For the next 10 days after that, really limit who you're around and wear a mask when you are. And I'm like, it's easier to just isolate for a person like me. But, um, there, it, it, there is something odd to kind of feeling like a leper, you know? So Rhonda goes to the guest bedroom and, uh, we're not FaceTiming or anything. I, I mentioned the whole COVID thing with the purging of the house thing, because it, it did create this adjustment in the schedule, obviously, as any kind of an illness will do. I tell you the side note, the weird thing about this COVID for me, I, I don't know about other people. I have talked 
I've talked with a number of people. It, it's in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. We are level red. I don't know what the levels are. That I don't think that's good though. I think level red is as high as you can get, meaning there there are increased cases of this every day. It seems like I know more people who have COVID now than I've ever known. Nobody's getting deathly ill, but it it's not it knocks you it knocks you for a loop. I can tell. You. I mean, the headache alone is epic, and I'm familiar with headaches. It, it's epic. Um, the weird thing is the symptoms change. So it starts with a runny nose and then I had fever. Well, the fever didn't last and the fever broke, thankfully, and the headache just became more powerful. And then the runny nose stopped and then it turned into congestion, which is what it's kind of sort of like now. And that morphs into coughing. Okay. Well, then the coughing was incessant for about 12 hours. And then the coughing kind of subsides and, you know, then like the lymph nodes in your neck get sore and you start kind of having a scratchy sore throat. And I'm thinking, well, maybe that's due to coughing. And it's like, no, okay, this is a sore throat. And then that goes away. It's like, it's like this thing can't make up its mind what it wants to be when it grows up. It just starts throwing all these different. Now, thankfully these aren't compounding things. It's not like okay, we're going to start out with this and now we're going to add that. No, I mean, one thing goes away. I would have kept the runny nose in lieu of the coughing if I'd have had my choice about it, but I didn't. Um, You know, I don't know. The purging, I told Rhonda, the only thing I can think of is this purging provided me some new opportunities perhaps to come in contact with the virus because I did change for the first time in a long, long time, my schedule or my, my, my points of contact. She's still negative. She tested this morning and negative. This is day five for me. I'll finish the medicine regimen. I think tomorrow morning, I think will be my last dosage, but the purging provided i think an opportunity so i go i buy a dolly from sam's club now we've had a dolly for years but the dolly it's it's ancient and i'm i'm just i was looking for another one found one that i liked and it was at sam's so i get now think about this so i go and which one do you grab there's like a dozen there no you know you're not you're not pulling them all out and then grabbing the one at the back like you do chips. <laughs> do you do that with chips? I do too. I'm looking for the bag that doesn't look like somebody has beat it over the counter 14 times, you know? Uh, so here's a dolly. Who knows how many dozens of filthy hands have been on this dolly before I laid my mitts on it. You can never really know. It's my working theory though, that that's likely where I got this stupid thing. Um, you know, so, Hey, but Hey, I got the opportunity to come back and declare, Hey, look, I got a dolly and I came home with COVID. Um, and suddenly the purging kind of sort of become, it just stops. Didn't completely stomp down. Cause Rhonda, she's continued to list things for sale and post some photos and go through various areas of the house. And I do engage in moments and I do mean moments, me mere moments of lugging stuff from one spot to a different spot. Um, I did lean into my loss of appetite to lean up physically. That that's been a positive thing. 
in the first four days, I kind of calculated it. I doubt I consumed a thousand calories over the four day period, which a good thing. I mean, zero appetite. Nope. Did not lose sense of smell or taste yet. Knock on wood. Don't think I will. I hope I don't. Uh, but I now find myself within, I don't know, 20 pounds of a weight goal that I've had for the past decade. Hey, we'll see if I can follow Jack's advice and not make the process any harder than it is. Right. Just stop eating. Don't overthink this. Just stop it already. Sacrifice versus throwing something away. The difference is not the next destination of this thing. It's not whether or not the thing finds its way into somebody else's hands or the trash, but it's in the value that you place on the thing that you're parting with. And so it doesn't matter if you're selling it, donating it, trashing it, but I have found I have found that looking at something and agonizing a little bit over it and then letting it go immensely satisfying. I'm just telling you the truth. In 2018, Bruce Springsteen, he did an interview where he was discussing his mental health challenges. We all have them and referring to a 1982 incident. And it happened while he was driving across country. He was stopped in texas of all places and something here happened i don't know what because well he's not even quite sure what happened he's not quite sure why it happened but he had a mental break a mental break and he said this about the experience in this interview all i know is as we age the weight of our unsorted baggage becomes heavier much heavier With each passing year, the price of our refusal to do that sorting rises higher and higher. Now, he's talking about mental baggage. He's talking about emotional baggage. But I've thought about that quote since I read it in 2018, and it applies to this topic today because it doesn't matter if it's physical stuff, baggage, or if it's mental or emotional stuff, baggage. They both weigh us down and quite often they're connected and you don't have to have a hoarder disorder, quote unquote, to understand this because we ascribe emotions and feelings. We have them tethered to these possessions. I've talked to you before about the books here in the yellow studio and books that I read them, but I read them a long, long time ago, but I've been staring at these spines of these books and looking at these titles and there's something there's some memory tied to it it may not be something terribly strong and it may not even be something that i think about until i look at that and see that and there's also the emotion of the familiarity of this thing so i take to the library i don't know i've taken a dozen boxes of books already and i'm talking I'm not talking tiny boxes. Uh, I've probably, I have probably taken to the library close to a thousand books already. And among the books, the lady I'm, I'm putting them on this desk in the back. I've come through the back loading dock, which is where they do this. And there is Napoleon Hill's think and grow rich. Here's a book that I've had since I was a teenager. And I used to have a brand new $1 bill in it. 
And I grabbed this book that I haven't looked at in forever, except I knew where it was on the shelf. It's this yellow paperback book. And I, I get it. And I tell her, I said, I've had this book. I know since I was 17, I'm 65. And I, I thumbed through it and I said, I used to keep a dollar bill in here. And I thumbed through it and she's watching me. And I said, it's not here. I must've, I must've pulled it and spent it at some point. And I put it on the table and I, I leave and I don't think much about it, but that's a memory. That's a memory attached to that book. Not necessarily a book that I would highly recommend by the way, but that's a whole different podcast. We have, we call it baggage, call it whatever you will. It's baggage and we need baggage. We, we want baggage as we travel. There are some things that we need to carry with us that help us. But then there's other things that like Bruce said, it becomes heavier and heavier. Bruce, he and I are buddies. Uh, Mr. Springsteen, they, they get heavier and heavier with every passing year. And I think he's right. The price for our refusal to sort through that. And to part with what we no longer need, what may not be use, may not be serving us in a useful way, it get the price gets higher and higher. I, I I don't I don't disagree with him at all. You know, we can all ascribe these emotions, these feelings, these memories that are tethered to possessions. For me, the more I have sacrificed. And I'm going to use the word surrendered because it seems to be the most fitting. The more that I have surrendered physically, these possessions, this book that I've held on to, let's do some quick math here. Let's assume that I was, I think I was 17. So here's a paperback book that I've had for 48 years, and I have no idea where it's at now. I can tell you that it's in the city library. It's somewhere in that building. I don't know where it's going to end up. I don't really care. And you can say, oh man, that's, that's sad. And I, I'm as sentimental. I'm as sentimental as they come. I'm as romantic as they come. And I thumb through it looking for the dollar bill. Cause I just remembered, I just knew I always had a dollar bill in it. It was a brand new, really crisp $100 bill. And I walked away with it. You know what I was thinking? The $100 bill I was thinking. Have I t- if, you're in the, if you're inside the Facebook group, you already know this story. But if you're not there, then you need to get over there. Go to leaningtowardwisdom.com and hit the Facebook icon. And you can enter the group. There's one question. You'll have to answer it correctly. You'll be able to do that. I told this story, so I'm not thinking about, man, I've had that book for 48 years. I am. I mean, really, you're going to part with it now. (laughs) I wasn't thinking that I was thinking of another dollar bill that I had sitting. I've got it now in my COVID infected hands. I've also got one of each of my business cards. I've got my coaching card in my hsv inside out the other podcast that i do about hot springs village i've got one of each of these in my hand so i'm sitting by easton 
grandson. And it's a few minutes before the afternoon worship services last Sunday. And he sees in, I I carry this little baggie of cough drops and I give him, and they're sugar-free. I give him some cough drops. And he sees in that little baggie that I've got these business cards. And he says, can I have, can I have your business cards? So I take out one of each and I give these to him. Well, the, the business card has in, in big, it's a yellow card. Imagine that. And it has in big red letters, Randy. And he, he wants to know, well, what do you do? And I say, anything for a buck? And he said, well, like what? And I said, I don't know. You got a dollar? What do you want me to do? Just keep in mind, it's only a dollar. I mean, it, it can't take very long and it can't be very hard because it's only a dollar. So he takes these cards. We have church. We get out of church. Hour or so later, they come over to swim he comes in my office and he slaps this dollar down and he said a baseball card meaning he was going to give me a dollar for a baseball card well i don't have any baseball cards so i'm looking around here at the yellow studio and i got this i got a little i got a gumby figure on the shelf and i said i don't have any baseball cards but i said how about gumby will you take gumby for a dollar his eyes lit up. He took Gumby, and he was quite thrilled. And I put a post about it. So I'm holding it here in my hands. It is serial number K313-798-52H, a $1 bill. I've had in Think and Grow Rich, I've had a $1 bill for decades. I couldn't tell you the serial number of that dollar bill. This dollar bill, it's not too terribly worn. It's been folded. It's not as crisp as the one that I had in that book. But this dollar bill that I'm holding, oh, I'm keeping track of this thing. This thing is going to go behind glass at some point. I've already told you the story about it. I mean, that's a serial number that that's not going back into circulation. The one that was in that book, and it let's assume that I had put it in there year one. I didn't, but it, it had been in there for over 30 years. I don't know what happened to it, but I know what's going to happen to this one. I'm keeping this one. Just, I don't know. It's just evidence of a single dollar bill, a single dollar bill and the mental and emotional ties to one dollar bill that has much more significance to me than another one, because one's got a grandson named Easton tied to it. And the other one, The other one didn't have anything tied to it. So who cares? But the sacrifice feels pretty good. I began purging, you know, weeks ago and found that some things are just easy to part with. I mean, some things I I haven't had to think much about it. I mean, there are some things I can look at it and go, oh yeah, well that goes. It's just, it's just like this instant. It's just this instant. Yes. Out of here. Done. And then there are some other things. And here's been the weird thing for me. There haven't been that many things that I've had to agonize over yet. And so I'm thinking about this and I'm 
I'm thinking about sacrifice and I'm thinking about how it feels self deprecation self. Um, what, what am I looking for? There's a word deprivation, self deprivation, a COVID brain. I've, I've, I'm going to, I'm now forever going to blame my problems on COVID brain, fog brain, self deprivation. There's something to it. You know, this is true. The Bible calls it temperance, self-control. There's something to it. Yes, it's biblical. It's scriptural. There is something to our willingness, our ability to discipline ourselves. That's very worthwhile. We, you know, you hear people refer to demons. Oh, you know, he's got demons. What well, listen, and I'm not talking about being demon possessed, but we all have demons. We all have got these things. We've got these issues. We've got this baggage. We've all got this baggage and our ability to deal with that baggage seems to me based on scripture, especially seems to be steeped in our willingness to put in the work to deprive ourselves and to kind of get outside ourselves and to realize, you know, the world doesn't revolve around you. Your problems are not the only problems on the planet. Your dreams and your aspirations aren't the only dreams and aspirations on the planet. Whatever good and value you think you provide and you do just know you're not the only one. We are living in an increasingly narcissistic world. We're not better for it. And the whole notion of, well, you want to be happy. Don't you want to be happy? Well, you deserve to be happy. I beg to differ, beg to differ. I think we deserve to be disciplined. We deserve to understand the power of sacrifice. We deserve to understand that there's something way bigger here happening than what we think that the buying of things and the experiencing of things and places great and wonderful as it may be. That's not the point of it all. There's something bigger afoot here. And we all know this. So as I'm looking at this whole process and I'm thinking about sacrifice and I'm thinking about instantly, yeah, that's easy to get rid of and other things. Okay. That seems a little tougher to get rid of. Which one do you think feels better? Yeah. Yeah. The more deeply I dove into the process, the more I wanted to see how deeply I could dive into the process. And it's not really so much a freakish phenomenon really because you've experienced this we've all experienced this in our life it there's something cathartic about it there's something that feels good about this book that i know i've had for 48 years and i just let it go seemingly so easy it had more memories than most books because i had owned it so long during my teen years, it was after Rhonda and I dated, so I had to be at least 18. I only know this because it happened, I know, while we were dating. Probably during the first year, maybe the second. Dr. Pepper was my favorite beverage forever and a day. I've never had a drink of alcohol of any kind. I've never taken an illicit drug. Conviction and faith drive that choice. But I will tell you that at a practical level, 
I never wanted to surrender my mental faculties to anything or anybody because, well, I need more brain cells than I've already got. So it just never made sense for me to put the ones I have at risk. Well, for some reason, best I can recall, carbonated water entered the equation some, some way, somehow. And I don't know, maybe, maybe seems to me that we had read or we had heard that drinking carbonated water might decrease your, you know, your breathing capacity or something. It wasn't that I was a workout fiend or anything. I I just, but seems to me that that was the impetus for it. And so I dropped Dr. Pepper for a week and a week turned into two and then four at some point. I hit the year mark. I went a year and didn't consume anything with carbonated water in it. And that included a Dr. Pepper, obviously. So here was this thing that had begun as a short-term exercise in self-deprivation, and it grew into this contest to see, I wonder how long I could go. We have this capacity to get these kinds of obsessions. I'm not saying that they're all healthy, This one was not certainly negative. I'm thinking of eating disorders and the person who thinks they need to lose weight. And I mean, how, how how much weight can you lose? Well, let's see, let's see what's possible. And you, you look at this person who is just a skeleton of themselves. And yet in their mind, they still see themselves as needing to lose weight. So it can certainly reach tremendously unhealthy levels hopefully you've not experienced that but i think we have all experienced that inner that inner contest thing you know that mental exercise and for me that's one example the the dr pepper thing it was like you know i wonder how long i could go well i knew in my head I mean, if I don't want to ever drink a Dr. Pepper again, I I won't. I mean, that same kind of a mental exercise kicked in for me during this purging. I confess to you guys that I start out kind of the 80, 20 rule. I'm thinking, okay, I'll get rid of, I'll get rid of 80%. Well, very quickly, I realized my math's off. I mean, this thing is, this thing is working out to be 90, 10, if that, and I realized that in my head, I'm, I'm kind of playing this, the good limbo artist question, you know, how low can you go? I mean, how much can you get rid of? And I start looking around I start thinking, you know, if you just said, okay, just hang on to the things that you absolutely positively need. Well, hello, Bill. I could get rid of an awful lot of stuff. I could get rid of almost everything when I'm done. I will honestly be able to have my possessions, all of my possessions, including my clothing, uh, in, and I started to say in a very small bedroom, that's absolutely true. Uh, it, it might even be, might even take up half of a, I mean, if it was just stacked in there, I'm not including my car, by the way, you know, I mean, if you put a car in there then that, that kills it. That kills the whole thing space-wise. I'm envious of the duffel bag. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know why for me the duffel bag is kind of the thing. Maybe you're thinking a carry-on piece of luggage. And I'm not talking about a duffel bag big enough, you know, to hold two human bodies. Just, you know, 
a duffel bag. You know, I'm, I'm wondering, I wonder what it would be like if you could just fit everything that you own in a duffel bag. You, you see these people that travel, they kind of live on the road. You can follow some blogs and stuff, and you can see, and they, they lay out everything that they have, and you're like, I, could, you, could you do that? Well, you could if you had to. You know, I don't know that it's a matter of could you. It's a matter of why would you? Well, if you're doing what these people are doing, I get it, but I'm not living that life. Don't want to live that life. And so there's no need for me to aim for the duffel bag, you know, quotient here. I mean, come on. I've admitted to you a long time ago that practical minimalism is the pursuit. That's the process. I'm feeling pretty good about it. And I'm, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling better as I get rid of things that I know I care a bit more about than the things that I'm like, yeah, who cares? I mean, do I care if I keep this or no, I don't care at all. Give it away, throw it away. Who cares versus, well, I haven't been able to do that with books. I've donated all of the books. I, I just, I can't bring myself to throw away books. So I guess you could argue on one, on one hand that, donation of the books is a little bit of a sacrifice and it mostly is memory it mostly is i'm looking around the yellow studio right now and well you wouldn't recognize the place the ballard street prints they're off the walls they're boxed up nicely packed all the trinkets that the grandkids love playing with they're they're boxed up they're they're packed away safely the ladies that were guarding the entrance to the yellow studio, they're, they're boxed up. You can find those online somewhere. Um, so it looks different. And I was used to looking at certain books and knowing I knew where every book was. And the bookcases that were all in front of me are now folded up. They're out of here. They, I had four folding bookcases in front of me. And uh, they're in the process of being stored away. So no books on any shelves in front of me for the first time in decades. And now I look back and I, you could put a, you could put me under truth serum and I, I, I would have a hard time remembering. And it's only been days uh, where, where certain books were on the shelf. It's just funny how, funny how it works. Practical minimalism. It's, it's the pursuit. I'd, I'd love to tell you, Hey man, this has been hard and that's been really hard. And this has been difficult other than just the work to get it done. It hasn't been, has it been a sacrifice? Yeah, it has, it has, but it's a sacrifice that has felt really good. And the pursuit of this process, well, like Jack said, you know, I don't want to make the process harder than it is.
Luke chapter 12, verse 15. And he said to them, speaking of the Lord, Take heed and beware of covetousness. A synonym for covetousness might be greed. Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. But boy, do we think so. I started writing some time ago. There's a great difference between capitalism and consumption. I tell people I'm an unabashed fan of capitalism. That is, I believe in private ownership of enterprise. I believe in meritocracy. I believe in performance-based pay. I believe in reward. I believe in our ability to take risks. Capitalism. I know that people might take issue with me and say, well, but you can't have capitalism without consumption or consumerism. I guess the point of differentiation that I might make is we have the freedom, though. I don't have to own anything more than what I want to own. And the stuff that I own, if I want to get rid of it, if I want to purge it like I'm doing now, I can so it goes special episode of leaning toward wisdom you can find other episodes at leaningtowardwisdom.com i don't do this very often maybe i should do it more but the good news is i had i got the whole month of august in the can i've already recorded them i've already got them scheduled to come out don't you feel special now i hope you do Join the Facebook group if you dare. I'll keep you updated. I know you got questions. I know. I know. I'll have answers at some point. Uh, but not today. Today I got to get well. I got to get over COVID and I got to go get the spray and spray down the microphone. My name is Randy Cantrell. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio. Studio.